You are about to experience Vegas bad boys of podcasting. Fortunately, you are about to hear lots of opinions, but uh, rarely any facts. Impersonations might occur, but uh, good luck trying to figure them out. This program is not intended for kids or the easily offended. Listener discretion is advised. You have been warned. You press play. It's too late to stop. Get ready to podcast. Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting. I'm your boy DJ Impact, hosting Vegas Bad Boy member. I also got the other Vegas Bad Boy members here, Sin City, Steve, and Matt Michaels. And it's good to see everybody here. I wasn't here last week, you know. I do go by the name of DJ Impact. It's just not a name I created out of out of the blue. It's because I actually do a little DJing every now and then. So that's why I wasn't here last Sunday. But uh, it's great to uh, be back this week, guys. And if you happen to be on Facebook Live, we appreciate it because that's where your comments are going to get in. So feel free to jump on. We want to hear all the comments that you have, and we'll try to get that in as we can. All right. And we appreciate you for watching us live here, at YouTube live and also on Twitch. OK, with that, we got a lot of wrestling that uh, happened this past week, fellas. But we got to start off with the pay-per-view of AEW Full Gear. Sin City, Steve, you might want to go ahead and call a press conference because I'm about to say something right now. All right. I actually enjoyed Full Gear. Can we get everybody to screen record in three, <laughs> two, one? Go. Damn it. I enjoyed full gear. Now, granted, I, call, I call bullshit. I call <laughs> bullshit because of the fact Jay Lethal showed up. Oh, that's the no, only reason why he enjoyed it. That's the only Hold reason up. he enjoyed wait, it. Wait, 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 wait. Besides all of that, okay, I thought it, the show started off strong and I thought it ended strong. Okay. I, I, I'm it just saying. Just, it was just the shit in the middle that sucked. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Look, listen, I I'm not saying I'm not saying all that. I was just really relatively just entertained throughout the show. I thought it was long, but still, you know, I, I'm used to long by now. So uh, I was gonna say this coming <laughs> from the guy who is a WWE mark to the core. Oh wow. Well, thank you. But still, uh, man, um start off I we don't unless you decide you want to go from match to match. Uh, I don't want to necessarily do that, but I just want to say I thought it was a great choice starting with Darby Allen and MJL. First off, these aren't WWE guys. This is these guys. What started off AEW and they put on uh, quite a show. I re- that kicked off everything, and I just want to shout out that particular match overall. Sin City, what was your take? Uh, from what you got from that match and uh, beyond. So that match was absolutely solid. I I think that you said it perfectly. It was a great way to get things started. Mm -hmm. Um, Both guys absolutely brought it. 
um, which was a recurring theme during this show. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, it, it obviously the right person ended up picking up the win as MJF did, you know, pick up the win over Darby. Um, but Darby had quite a showing. Uh, he had a specialty video package for his entrance. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I think that it was, uh, it was very well done. There was a tombstone spot on the apron. Um, yep. Very, very solid, very solid stuff on that. Yeah, I, I thought it was good. Matt Michaels, I don't know if you got a chance to check it out. What was your take just, you know, starting off the pay-per-view? I mean, the match shouldn't have started the pay-per-view. It should have gone towards the end of it. Serious? Yeah. What, what you thought would have been better to start the pay-per-view? Just out of curiosity. Uh, get that abortion of a match between uh, Chris Jericho and his goofy crew versus okay. <laughs> Dan Lambert and that fucking shit crew. Yeah, that could have started. I wouldn't have okay, right. problem with that. Uh, yeah, you but, got but... with Britt Baker and that fucking bullshit oh. match. So, or you could have put I don't know the Thunder Rosa match that was on fucking free pre-show on first, uh, you know, instead of that fucking Jericho match. Okay. I guess I could see that. I could see that. Um, well, listen, if you didn't start off strong on that, the, all the people who've paid 40 bucks or whatever would have probably been very pissed, you know, because see, the difference is when you watch Dynamite or Rampage and you start off horrible, you could just stop watching and be like, whatever, I'll just wait, catch wait, whatever. Wait, 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 time out. Time yeah. out. Dynamite and Rampage never start out horrible. Do you ever listen to our show? <laughs> There's not been a single time that they've started out terrible. Eh, I wouldn't. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go as far as to say that they they do have a good track record of starting off well, but yeah. there have been a few misses. But yeah, yeah, they. That's the thing, and that's one thing that I can really appreciate with with Tony Khan is he starts off the shows with a match that he knows is going to get the crowd fired up, and really does kind of set the tone for the rest of the show. Um, I, I personally, uh, Michaels, I would have liked to have seen the, um, the, uh, tag team championship match, the match that went on second, I would have been fine with that, with that kicking off the show. Um, but realistically, I mean, you know, the starting off with, and I think impact, you hit the nail right on the head. Uh, you start the show with two guys that are AEW guys through and through. And you right. end the show with two guys that are AEW through and through right. so that that way it creates a good bookend. Um, so I, I, I definitely, I, I see your point with that. And that was well, yeah, said. because when I looked at the Miro and Brian match, you know, granted it was a good match, but I'm thinking uh, what straightly came to my head was, Oh, this looks like WWE. I won't lie. I had that, that for a moment. And I was just kind of like, but at the same time, it didn't start off that way. You know, and of course it didn't end that way. But if they would have started off with that, I would have been like, see, that wasn't a smart way to do that. You know what I mean? Promote your your promote you guys, guys, you know, and not feel you've got to run and put on these guys that, you know, you purchase all these big bucks for. No, no don't what, worry. What, that's that's going to be on the show still, DJ. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. What I was going to say, uh, Impact, is 
So obviously that match, kind of jumping ahead, but that match didn't necessarily feel like a Rusev versus Daniel Bryan match. Um, I think that both of those guys um, have added new wrinkles and and new moves and things Mm -hmm. that they do that have separated them dare I say, pretty completely from their WWE personas. Uh, Brian Danielson is definitely showing a lot more aggression than what he ever did. I know, laugh it up, Michaels, I don't care. Um, but no, it's legitimately, um, it, 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 it doesn't take, you know, it, it's not fucking rocket surgery to think that Daniel Bryan is the, the same as Brian Danielson as far as in-ring style. And what I mean by that is it's almost like as if the the Brian Danielson matches have a lot more of New Japan influence. Um, you can tell there's a lot more strong style influence agree in that. the offense. Um, yeah. and, and, and Miro, um, he's, he's ramped up what he, what he did in WWE as Rusev. So I think that both of those guys absolutely brought it. And for the first time in an AEW <laughs> ring... For for the first time in an AEW ring, we saw Brian Danielson almost playing to a bit of an underdog type of a type of a role. Because oh, shut the fuck up, underdog role. Oh, shut the fuck. Oh, you who's shut the gonna, fuck up, bro. Who is gonna oh. who's gonna lose that match? Come on, dude. Come no, on. Le- le- legitimately, they made they made Miro look like an absolute badass. Something that was not done with Rusev since the beginning of his push when he came out in a fucking tank at WrestleMania. That was the end of that. Oh, wait, wait, wait. You want to talk about a fucking tank at WrestleMania? I'm sorry. Who was playing video games when he first showed up at the fucking I'm fucking well aware. I'm well aware. Don't don't fucking add this. Now, let's go to the fact that Miro should have won the match, but he wasn't going to because of Brian Daniel. Son. (laughs) <laughs> Whatever the fuck his name is. But legitimately, if if you want if you want to take a look at that and yeah. mention, okay, yes, he came in and he was playing video games and doing the shit that he was doing. Just the character arc that he's taken since that time where he was, quite frankly, a, a fart in the fucking wind on debut. You know, we all shit Candace's debut with good reason because it was completely lackluster. Debut. But- Fucking try the first half a year to almost a year. Uh, fine, fine. We we can even say that. That's completely cool. I I will agree with that. But the mere fact that he has transformed that that character, that Miro character, out of being the best man and a a happy go lucky video game playing person into what he's doing now, being God's forsaken champion and God's forsaken wrestler. It, it, I, I I guess think I can see that. that. Yeah, I think well, that he's, he's. I think. I think they've done leaps and bounds with that guy. Yeah, and, and he he's get, done he, leaps and bounds. He can't get the godforsaken win in a match. He should have gotten the win because now your number one contender is a babyface going against your champion, who is a babyface when they meet up. So, yeah, way to go, guys. Let, let's just let's plan out the thing for the guy who doesn't fucking need it to go against the guy who needs a strong fucking, you know, heel monster to fucking go against. Have Paige fucking meet Miro, the guy who, who would have, uh, you know, survived Danielson. Why does Danielson Michaels, need it? 
Michaels, you would sit here and bitch, whine, gripe, and complain if Miro would have met, would have won the match because it would have been a WWE oh. guy. Yes, you would have. No. no, no, no. I would have been totally fine with Miro because it would have made fucking sense to me. Mm. Next, you're going to tell me CM Punk was a going to lose. No. <laughs> I, 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 could, I could see that from a fucking mile away. And, and quite frankly, they, they, they planted the seeds with that match on, you know, when they had the, the verbal altercation and the, the mild physical altercation um, on Rampage. When, when uh, freaking Kingston said that he didn't care about winning the match, that he was just focusing on, on hurting CM Punk. And for the first time, we did see the crowd. I, I, I'm not going to say that they all turned on him or anything crazy, but there was a definite portion of that Minneapolis crowd that were chanting for Eddie Kingston. And that he was able to galvanize a good number of those people to cheering for him as opposed to just being a cookie cutter cheer cheering section for CM Punk. So yeah, because people are already fucking sick of Punk going over. And it's only <laughs> been two months, three months stops. Well, another another uh thing the fans didn't care about, as we already know, is Cody Rhodes as he <laughs> comes out. I mean, I <laughs> I don't know. It's just <laughs> every everything's going to plan until he shows up, and it's like, oh god. I mean, apparently that's where you go get the popcorn in the bathroom break. Um, well, you can but, you can accomplish all of that during his entrance. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. That is true. But um, that's that's how Brandy had the baby. They right. started his entrance when she went into labor, and by the time he finished, baby was straight out. Bro, it, 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 Cody Rhodes is the only person in AEW that has two fucking theme songs. Right. And, it, and it'd be different if yeah. like one played before the match and one played after. But no, right. they play one theme while his specialty fucking entrance column comes down from the sky. Yeah. And then the other when his pedestal lifts him up from the ground. Get the right. fuck out of here. <laughs> you talk about a wrestler putting himself on a pedestal. No shit. <laughs> I, I, well, me, there we go. That, that's one thing, my, Matt Michaels, that you and I can agree on is our disdain for Cody Rhodes. See, there we go. AEW bridging the gaps and bringing <laughs> people together. Oh, you're going to hate me when I say I actually like Cody Rhodes. <laughs> <laughs> you just, you, so, so elaborate on that, please. No, no, I, I I like Cody Rhodes as uh, as a uh, as a person. Oh yeah, um, I've, I've heard good stories and stuff about him from people that I know and trust. Without question. Um, but as uh, as just, someone who mm -hmm. for the for the guy who you know demolished Triple H's uh, throne, he decided to uh, just rebuild the throne but just spray paint his name on it <laughs> no no he didn't he didn't spray paint his name on it he branded his fucking neck tattoo on it <laughs> <laughs> to me he had so much more character when he was in wwe that was more enjoyable than he was here i mean when he was doing the whole stardust thing i mean it might have been kind of like uh but it was character when he was doing the paper bag over people's faces it was great now it's like, uh, I mean, he's just, 
He's, if there's no character to what he does, then it's just boring. At this point, he's getting go-away heat. Yeah. He's getting go-away heat. He's not even getting heel heat. He's getting go-away heat. Right. And that's, that's what you don't want. True. I, I do want to ask you this, Matt Michaels, uh, on that same match. I Tell me if you disagree agree with me on this. I think Malachi Black is just really – I just think everything they've done for him in AEW has just been right on um, that you didn't get a chance to see in WWE. And I'm just curious, why do you think AEW got it so much quicker than than WWE? I mean, WWE, yes, they had him, you know, they, they had him rise when he was on that sort of, what, what was that little jack thing he would rise up on? And you would kind of have the little candles and all that. And that was kind of getting there, but it didn't go beyond that. But his entrance in here is just awesome. The way – what's your take? I mean, are you feeling the whole Malachi? you think they're doing a better job with him here than what WWE have planned for him? I love the fact that your whole uh, assertion of doing better than revolves around his entrance. <laughs> well, <laughs> I, I could spend another five minutes talking about his moves. But, I mean, he's look, I, I just think overall it's uh, – I just I just find him to be entertaining just coming out just from his just from that point. And I don't think he's bad in the ring either. He wasn't well, bad uh, in WWE. No, you you I mean he had his NXT run. That was the most notable thing. And that's why people had him pegged as doing more in the WWE. But you know, um again, the difference is in the WWE, you already have an established um, hierarchy for years, right? Um, mm-hmm. And that's just with the wrestlers, right? Look, Roman Reigns, what has it been, six years, seven years? So you got to crack that nut. You got to crack all these different, you know, levels to get, you know, into it. Whereas AW, really, you just said it. It's like if Cody would re- remove himself from the situation, yeah. then a guy like Malachi Black is... You know, mm-hmm. he has already somewhere to go. Um, he, even right now, he's he's going around in circles because that's all we're seeing him go against is fucking Cody Rhodes. Why? Why? It doesn't get the fuck out of there. Let the guy go on to do something else. You know? Yeah. Um, why is he not going against Darby or teaming with Darby? That's your other macabre character, right? Have something mm-hmm. like that. Get rid of fucking Sting and put fucking Darby and Malachi together. Um, Ooh, so that, that actually would be really good. If it would make sense, if you, if right? you would, if you would have, because they all, they did, if you'll notice, they did have very similar face paint as well. That was something that I picked up on. Darby normally only paints his face with the white and black, but he had the, the dark blues and the light blues and stuff similar to what Malachi black had. And yes, if you, if you would have Malachi almost, um, like taint or, you know, bring out a different side of Darby. I think that you could get, you could totally spin Darby's character off. That's a great call, Michaels. Yeah. And you could do something as simple as have Sting cost Darby like two or three matches and then have like Darby going against Malachi and, you know, somehow the turn happens there. Um, and then that gets Sting out of that situation and, and makes them logically. Uh, coming together i think that i i really do think that'd be something um you know it's it is 
it's just goes to show that when you look at no matter where you go, um, you're always going to be fighting what is considered the top level, then the next tier, next tier, next tier. Mm-hmm. And fans are never going to agree on who should be utilized how. Because everyone has their favorite wrestlers or thinks that they see something in someone, but there isn't necessarily a place to see you know more development. So I think it's it's a great example. Uh, just I, I think just as the um, the reverse can be said for like um, FTR. You know, I think that they've just been a complete just fucking spinning in the circle shit show. Um, they haven't lived up to what they said they were, and I think that you know that's where you see you know some of the problems come in. And if you get to a certain point, that's the other thing. Where do you go? AEW is now starting to get kind of stocked. And boy, if more of the ROH guys come in, like where where are you going to put everyone? This is this is problematic potentially on that idea that you had a company who was going to really focus on just showing you stuff that you're not seeing in WWE. And now what you're going to be seeing is a lot of those people getting lost because of that fact that there's just going to be so much talent signed that you could put on seven shows in a week and it's still not going to get, you know, they're not going to get all the exposure they need. I agree. And let me ask you this, Sin City, just um, one thing about this show. So we all know that WWE, they try to stay away from the turn of wrestling and more towards the turn of, of, of entertainment. But what I found, even starting with the MJF match, Darby match, and just going forward, dude, there were a lot of spots in this overall show that in terms looked more for entertainment than it did for wrestling. And I'm just wondering, are they maybe taking this role of becoming, I mean, they'll never say it, but being more of an entertainment form of wrestling than really performing wrestling. Because I know they start off saying that they, they were, they are, they're going to actually give fans the wrestling aspect of it. I mean, the thing is, is that you can, you can have spot fests. You can have entertainment type um, components to your show. But they have without, a lot. With, without, without alienating the mm-hmm. wrestling aspect. Um, and realistically speaking, if you, it, okay. If you were to get just straight wrestling on a show, you're of course going to have your wrestling purists that will tune in, but where the magic lies is when you can find a good synergy between having pure wrestling and having entertainment aspects. And that way you can bring both to the table. Um, I think that what what tony khan and you know anybody else that did any kind of booking on the show Mm -hmm. um i think that they proved that they can have some entertainment aspects without making things over the top or corny or you know any kind of extremely dated jokes and and things of that Mm -hmm. nature um yes there were things with american top team um we we saw the hopefully the end of that feud with the inner circle and American top team. Um, so 
I think that more than anything, we'll see that kind of thing go away. Um, but in terms of the entertainment aspect, yeah, you're going to, you're going to have certain things, but the important thing is to not lose sight that it is a professional wrestling uh, show and that it is an entertainment product um, that that's where I think WWE lost a few people is that they devote a lot of their programming to the entertainment aspect and not so much to the in-ring professional wrestling aspect. I don't know. I'm going to have to take a look at that and see if Go what you're it. saying is because I'm going to tell you, I, as much as I enjoyed the MJF Darby match, again, they had their spots where they started off where, you know, they were doing the whole, you know, how you, I'm coming to attack you, but it's counter attack, counter attack, counter to a point they stop and everybody go, Ooh, great. Then they have their other part in the match where they're doing a rolling around the ring while they're trying to pin each other. And they completely, he rolled around in a circle in a ring. And I'm going, what's What's what is that? You know what I mean? And so there was yeah. lots of just that entertainment that I'm like, okay, and I don't have a problem with it, but it didn't it just didn't look like it was so much the wrestling portion. It was more and I don't see that like that constantly in WWE. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Did, I, I, I have to point out okay, I don't think that I have ever seen a dive from anyone since I've been watching pro wrestling. Like yeah. like Darby's dive where he hit MJF yes. going about a hundred miles an hour. That's and true. It, obviously, that's hyperbole. But like, yeah. it, dude, the impact of that was just insane. No, I get so, yeah. yeah, very yeah, solid. Let me uh, there. let's go right and just uh, pretty much the, just to end it uh, the whole show. Uh, Kenny Omega Hangman Page, of course, that's for the uh, main event. I, I listen. I grant. I'll be honest. You know, I haven't watched the last few weeks of either Dynamite or Rampage, but I was a little confused. And maybe you can tie this up. Apparently, Young Bucks when they came down, I'm thinking, okay, here we go again. Every time we see the Young Bucks, they're about to pretty much help get uh, um, uh, Kenny Omega some sort of way to win. And I thought, man, why can't we just never have a straight up match? But hey, apparently he got he he, he nodded. And Hangman, and there was a straight three count. We all kind of figured it was going to come to the win, but the Young Bucks is the part I was I, I was kind of shocked at. What was your take just on this match, and did you see that coming, or had they already been kind of leading that that was going to happen kind of with this? So one thing that they did was they they did have a backstage vignette with, uh, with Paige and the Bucks, and uh, okay. the Bucks were back cutting a promo. Brandon Cutler was with them. Uh, filming the promo and um, Paige comes into the shot and uh, just asks to speak to the Bucks, just, you know, just uh, as straight faced as possible. Mm -hmm. And uh, he point blank apologized to the young Bucks for costing them their world tag team championships forever ago and right. basically starting the entire thing. And um both of the young bucks looked at him like, what are you doing? Why are you saying this? And he, he kind of, he, he made it known that, that he wanted to have a straight up match with, with Kenny. And that if they ruined that, that, it, that hangman would make it his life's mission to ruin the young bucks. And you, you saw obviously right there at the end of the match, like you mentioned, because I thought the same thing. I was like, oh, fuck, here we go. Same bullshit as right. it's been for months. Yep. Um, but then 
Um, so Hangman hits the buckshot and he hits Omega in the back um, the first time. And um, Nick Jackson was out and he kind of he kind of nodded to him as well there. But then after he hits that one, uh, then he goes to the other side of the ring and Matt is over there and Matt nods to him solemnly like, yeah, go for it. And then he hits the, the buckshot which ends up being, you know, the, the final move in the match. And I think more than anything, it was a, all right, you've got it. And because they have had years and years of friendship before their little boil over and before their little spat, mm-hmm. um, you know, they were in, they were stable mates. They were even before that in the elite, they were, uh, they were in the bullet club together. Uh, they were, uh, they did mm-hmm. stuff in ring of honor together. Yeah. So it, it was one of those things that, you know, they have this extremely long lineage with one another. And I, I think that it was good that they kind of, they weaved all these different layers together. And I think one thing that this opens the door for, and Matt Michaels, um, when we did the show together, um, we kind of mentioned that this could actually lead into a Kenny Omega um, spinning away from the young bucks, um, because, uh, newsflash Kenny Omega is going to miss some time. Um, we knew that his body has been, you know, beaten up and broken down for a while. So it wouldn't really surprise me if, uh, what we had talked about, Matt comes true that Omega misses some time and that Omega comes back on TV and mentions the fact that the young bucks didn't even reach out to him, didn't even call him. And now they can throw in that wrinkle of both. Like he's seen the footage and that both of the young bucks nodded to Adam page before he hit the buckshot. Um, So I think that that is a wrinkle that, you know, they did mention it when Matt, you know, nodded to him, but they didn't so much mention it with Nick. So I think that it's something that they will interplay that. And let me ask this quick question. To you. Sorry about that, man. Uh, Matt, um, and, and, and I'm going to give this to you, then we, we, we got to move on. But with having, we can probably all agree, or maybe two of us three out of the three, that Kenny Omega as champion for AEW was like, whatever, blah, whatever. No one seemed like they really care. But do you think this is a game changer in many way? Now having Hangman Page, the champion, that now be in the face of AEW, that we we're going to get something a little different in terms of fans being more engaged and knowing now that they have a champion that they enjoy and believe in. Do you think that, or is it going to be maybe the same? No, I think the fans did have a champion that they were engaged and believe in. It's Kenny Omega. the The AEW fans love Kenny Omega. It's the, the you you just don't understand Kenny Omega the way that <laughs> okay seriously because you you never watched you know outside of the the WWE stuff. I'm just dude I'm listen I've watched enough of of uh, um Jesus uh, Kenny Omega coming out and outside of maybe this particular pay per view just other sh- shows anytime you come out there's not necessarily a huge pop for him to no, be their he, champion. He's a heel, and that doesn't I mean, matter. It doesn't matter. Heels get job. pops too, even if it's a if it's a boo. Yeah, the the the, the thing is, is that you got you you have to understand just that that plain fact that Kenny Omega is the, there's a reason that he was champion. Um, there was a reason he was champion for for a long while. It's because this is 
you know, the same reason Jericho had the belt for fucking ever for no reason, right? It's because these guys were respected and they can, you know, carry that aspect. Honestly, yeah. Paige mm-hmm. is going to be an experiment because he's the first guy that they're going with that doesn't have a huge reputation. And the question will be, is he going to bring in viewers? Um, if he doesn't, right. CM Punk has that belt within six months. Wow. <laughs> I wouldn't say CM Punk. I would say Danielson. Or Danielson, yeah. I mean, I, 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 I think that yeah. I think that him winning the championship is sort of a, a hedge on that bet. Or the championship tournament. The, the, the tournament. Yeah, yeah, it could be. But that's okay. where they go. That's where they go if if uh uh don't forget to the the problem they've had since October 6th, they haven't cracked a million. So that's another thing is were they in a repetitive cycle, even though they just brought in three big names, and now you're gonna be seeing, you know, some other names coming in. So um you know, it, it has to pay off in some way for them to continue signing people. And we'll see if if Hangman doesn't live up to it, man. He's yeah, he's dropping it. So yeah. All right, man. Good stuff, man. Overall, like I say, great pay-per-view. I, I, I one thing I will say, I enjoy having a different stage set up, something that we don't get to see in professional wrestling. So I did notice that and I got and I enjoyed that as well. So, um, yeah, overall, I thought it was pretty good. So there you go. Press conference closed on that. Let's go over to WWE as we're uh, leading up to this Survivor Series. We had uh, Raw. We'll, we'll kind of talk about both Raw and SmackDown. So anything that stood out? I know everything has been uh, leading up to uh, the teams that we have, which, of course, was uh, put together the week before last. Um what did you guys think about the Adam Pierce thing with, with Dominic Mysterio? Was that, <laughs> you know, what the swerve there? What, you know, you kind of, did you think Dominic was going to be a part of the group originally or you knew they were going to figure out a way to get his ass out? It, yeah. it, seemed, it seemed like it was going to be the, uh, you know, the Dominic turn. Now I got a feeling that it will be the Dominic turn. I got a feeling that Dominic fucks Ray. Somehow, you know, he costs Ray somehow in this match. Mm-hmm. I got to, you know, honestly, let's let's be realistic. In my memory, I can't think of a father versus son match at WrestleMania other than Vince versus Shane. Mm. Okay, so yeah, that's where I would place my bet. They're playing a long, you know, a long bridge to it. Um, was was happy that Dominic, because honestly, let's let's be realistic. One mm-hmm. of these things did not seem like the other, and it was pretty evident. Yeah. Um, unfortunately, it was Bobby Lashley who took him out. But I do <laughs> like I do like this idea though that Bobby Lashley's biggest destruction comes against young sons of wrestlers because apparently he can't beat anyone else now, but damn, he can take care of a 18 to 24 year old kid. <laughs> Bobby Lashley single-handedly kills the 18 to 24 demographic. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. In the ring, of course. Yeah. 
No, uh, the the only thing that I would say is it's probably the most WWE thing to announce your Survivor Series teams via social media on a Saturday and then change them at at (laughs) least do whatever the motive is behind it Mm -hmm. to, to make at least two changes the following week in your programming. Like they, they announced the Survivor Series teams out of nowhere, didn't hype them up whatsoever. They announced mm-hmm. them on social media. And then immediately after, they're changing the fucking teams. Let's just well, hope I guess, that they make something good out of it on both sides. Well, I guess in terms of social media, I guess that's their way of keeping people engaged. So you have that part for, for doing that. And of course, the network, I mean, the show itself now keeping people even more engaged. That's my guess. But um, yeah, but yeah. It, it, it'd be something else too if it was like if they took um, like Kevin Owens, let's say Kevin Owens is in it and they take him out, then that mm-hmm. would be a little more like, like what? But it was Dominic. Same on the SmackDown side, the Sami Zayn yeah. thing. Now, the Sami Zayn thing though makes perfect sense in terms of that character now next week going to show up and he's going to be so out of his mind that he's being screwed by everyone. (laughs) The conspiracy theorist. When, when do things stop being a conspiracy theory? (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) You know, especially too with Jeff. I mean that, that promo in the mirror was fucking brilliant. Um, I've, I've seen it done before in different entertainment aspects. So I knew exactly what was going to happen when they pulled away, that he would be doing it in a mirror. What I didn't expect was the camera to turn. Jeff Hardy is standing there with his creepy-ass closed eyes <laughs> that are open. <laughs> and, and, and then Sammy's just like, uh, where, did you, how much of that did you hear? All of it. <laughs> right. How was it? It sucked. <laughs> like, Right. All right. Um, it'd be interesting to see uh, what they're going to do on Friday with that final spot, essentially. Um, and uh, I mean, yeah, realistically, let's face it. The problem is Survivor Series from its inception has had one major problem, and that is there's been nothing to winning Survivor Series matches ever. So yeah. does it really matter who who wins? The- I mean, it's supposed to give you some sort of a bragging rights, but they don't really brag after that, even when it's over. It's like, I mean, they brag. It's funny. They brag more leading up to the, 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 the series then after that when it's over it's like it's almost as if it never happens but leading up to it it's like boy i hope smackdown wins i hope raw wins but after they have you know i i nearly forgot until they i think it was um i think it was cole that mentioned friday i think he had mentioned that raw had won five he won five oh last year in their matches you know so I forgot that, you know what I mean? But you're kind of like, um, why would why would that not be something you pump up all the time? And and so it's, yeah, I don't know. Who cares? 
Well, yeah. one, one, one thing that would be smart is, okay, so you could, you could incentivize uh, whichever, you know, um, whichever Survivor Series team wins their respective matches that those, you know, those people get certain numbered spots in the Royal Rumble or something of that nature. I mean, I, I, that would be, that would be legit. But what's so interesting about it, Survivor Series has always been one of the top four major pay-per-views and it's lost is, 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 is lackluster. Now, I mean, Royal Rumble still is hot. WrestleMania still is hot. SummerSlam is still as hot, but Survivor Series used to be kind of more entertaining back in the day, but it's lost what it was supposed to do. I'm not wrong on that, Mike. Well, but you got to, so you got to take into consideration Survivor Series was done out of one reason, and that was to continue to make money on Andre and Hogan. It's mm-hmm. the only reason it came together. It also was the second pay per view they ever did in terms of adding pay-per-views okay so and then the next year you add summer SummerSlam to once again kind of round out that year of andre and hogan and set up the the savage hogan stuff um and then go to SummerSlam or go to survivor series with the same intention the difference was is when the four pay-per-views were around. That's all it was. Right. And you also only had Saturday night's main event, um, which I think uh, the equivalent was six episodes, roughly uh, four to six a year Mm -hmm. um, because of the off season of Saturday night live is when they would do those. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, you know, essentially, the the difference that happened was the rumble then they incorporated the idea the winner gets the title shot okay right you got something there wrestlemania is your big show um and then Where? SummerSlam is your secondary um you know showcase right so with all the other pay-per-views going on it just Survivor Series lost the um, the whole reasoning to do that. Back in the day, the reason they set it up like this is because it was a payday for those guys. And that's essentially really what it was doing. It was mm-hmm. like, hey, we can go off of the um, the popularity of you know Hogan and Andre's feud or setting up Hogan and, and Mach or Hogan and... Uh, Ultimate Warrior and every single other person who gets on this gets paid. But then they started adding the singles matches, and that is what basically took it away from Survivor Series matches. And then they started incorporating them back uh, when The Rock debuted in '96. That's when they had like two per year. And then '98, they go ahead and they just do the whole uh, championship tournament. So yeah, you know, then they they work their way back to having more Survivor Series matches. It's a data concept, um, but at the same time, the problem is is that they haven't fully invested back into those matches. And yeah. I think that you know Steve's suggestion is is a pretty decent one. Uh, give 
some kind of merit to the um, the winning team with Rebel Royal entrance. Um, you can even, uh, you know, whoever the um, so if and and this is an interesting concept too. Um, let's say that Raw versus SmackDown Survivor Series match, the winners, the sole survivors of the match, they all get or that person gets the championship match at the Rumble. That's another way to look at it. Yeah. Um, because then that would give you a little leeway. You could have then just a one-on-one match at the Rumble for the belt, or you could have you know up to a, a, uh, a six-way scramble, which yeah. you know, at least it would do something. Let me jump in here. Uh, we got a couple of comments. Jade simply said, it became cheesy, talking about Survivor Series. So, yeah, right on point on that. And Chris says, look, Survivor Series stopped being important or I should say, quote, important, end quote, when they stopped assembling teams out of storylines and feuds and just started assembling teams at random on social media. It's like they're not even trying anymore. I think lately they put teams together by asking talent backstage, quote, hey, do you want another paycheck or do you want the night off, end quote. <laughs> yeah, good points there, uh, Chris. They don't go to people backstage. They just tell them. Come on, Chris. <laughs> Oh, man. Um, one last thing just to kind of mention from the Raw side. Did you guys like what you saw with the uh, Kevin Owens and sort of Seth? Uh, Kevin going around asking, saying, hey, guys, I'm a good guy, right? I mean, come on. I'm, I've, come on. I'm a good guy. And Seth going around saying, come on, guys. Y'all know this guy. He's not that good. And then, of course, we get down to the end of the match, and we got Kevin that ends up uh, – uh, turning on Big E because he felt uh, he got in his way. You got, what do you think about that? I mean, I thought overall the, the story leading to that was pretty good. Heal Kevin Owens. I'm all for it. <laughs> let let him let him end his time in WWE as a heel. That's mm. that's what I have to say. I think that realistically, KO is his best when he's a heel. So let him at least wreck shop and do his thing that he does the best um, as he leaves the company. Um, you know, he's, he just has a couple of months left on his deal and yeah, let him, let him be a heel. Even if he's, you know, doing jobs for Big E and, and putting everybody else over. Great. That's fine. They, uh, they need somebody to do that and establish their baby faces as, uh, you know, even more legitimate than what they are. Yeah. And pretty soon he'll be doing the jobs for Danielson and of course, so it's like, you know, it, it gets him he's ready. Gonna go, he's going to go in circles. That's the whole thing, though. This guy's going to go in circles. He's not a guy who is your. Um, he's not the guy who carries your company, and that's unfortunate, but it's true. And that's what you're seeing here. Um, it gives Big E a potential opponent for the next, you know, month or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that it gives him. It gives him a rumble match opponent is what it does yeah well if kevin's still under contract i don't know exactly lord knows if it's january or february so i don't know um that's the if if he's around that long yeah exactly but i I totally agree if he's around that's it um you saw that there was a little tease of otis and big d you know biggie eventually getting into it 
which is yeah. an interesting idea. Some someone that you haven't seen in the mix. Um, Seth is a fucking genius and deserves to yeah. always be up top. Um, you know, he he proves his worth every every time he goes out there. Mm-hmm. So it was a, it was a good setup, but um, y- you're missing the biggest story, and that is Corey Graves won a championship, and so did Byron Saxon. Absolutely, there was uh, I think a title change six times, about ninety seconds. Amazing. Well, the no, the more amazing fact is that there are actually idiots out there who are like, does this mean Corey Graves is going to make a comeback? <laughs> It's like, yeah, he got rolled up, literally rolled up. So come on, idiots. Hey, one thing I thought uh, that was funny. uh, I love a little humor here and there. R-Truth provided that for me this week. He says, I believe the earth is flat, but I believe it's round in parts and places. (laughs) I love it. Give me that all the time. Give me that all the time. Move him over to the uh, Happy Corbin uh, crowd so I can... Get more comedy out of those guys. Uh, <laughs> all right. All right, cool. Um, outside of that, man, I don't know what else I think. Uh, oh, you know what? That's so, man, you know what? We we have talked in the past about just how great that Xavier Woods, uh, you know, is in, uh, in it, how great Xavier is, as has been as a wrestler over time. And I got to tell you, I'm just – I'm happy that he's gotten a position as being the king, but man, just kind of really watching the match also between him and Roman, I thought was just awesome. I mean, he's really, I think he's finally having his moment of showing. And I think now I maybe kind of get a little bit what you mean, uh, Matt Michaels, whenever I know you hate on uh, Apollo Crews because where in many ways, you could say that Apollo and Xavier was kind of in that same sort of bubble. But Apollo, I guess, never figured out how to get out of it, where Xavier has really just continued to go hard. And I mean, showing his athleticism. And that's not taking anything away from Apollo, but not only showing his athleticism, but also his character building. And just watching the match and everything leading up to that, I just thought was just really great. And even how they ended, because I know neither one of those guys is going to end up bending the knee. But I thought just leading up to it was just great. And I'm just, it is, I'm really proud to see where Xavier is. I mean, he's getting up to that level where he could be, you know, moving to one of the top guys. I'm not saying he will. I'm just saying he just looks like, I'm just saying he looks like he could be one of those guys that can move up to that. I, I Overall, I enjoyed the match. And I just want to shout him out uh, for um smackdown i don't know if you guys want to mention anything about that particular uh match or segment but that's my take you 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 know if you look at the thing they did that was kind of smart which is very interesting that they um they did the the idea that whoever wears the crown is the king that's right even uh what's his name said it uh McAfee. Mm-hmm. Mac said it. And mm-hmm. so, you know, that's something to kind of put that way towards that thought because that's what we saw for the first time with Corbin and Shinsuke. They've never mm-hmm. done that before where the crown just gets on someone's head. They're now the king. 
Right. Um, so basically what you're going to see is Woods has to contest it, right? So that is going to probably be what we see next week. Um, we also could potentially, though, see um, New Day get involved in the Survivor Series match between the, uh, the two champs, of mm-hmm. course, being that Big E is a raw, you know, the raw champ. So, right. I think that's, that's what you're going to see is more of, you know, more of that interaction. Um, that's how I think he'll get his crown back. You know, gotcha. while, while Roman's defending his belt against, or not belt, but, <laughs> you know, wrestling against uh, Big E, that's when they'll snag the, uh, the crown back. And then the yeah. Usos will get in trouble for allowing him to get the crown back. And, you know, story, yeah, sure. story there, uh, pretty good. Um, I think that it was brilliant getting rid of Aaliyah from that match. Sure. That was fucking great. Get her out of there. She is greener than green. She really is, actually. I was she looking at that greener than puke. <laughs> oh, yeah, that too. And we know what happened to puke. He ended up... Uh, in a wheelchair. Oh God. <laughs> yeah, there was moments in her match. I was kind of like, okay, now I see why they were taking so long to not bring her up because she was not ready. You know, I mean, very careful on like you should not see you being careful or not being confident on the moves you're about to do. And she seemed like she was questioning everything she was about to do before she did it. She she looked like she belonged in an AEW women's match. <laughs> oh, Steve, shake your head all you want. Go back and watch that dynamite match. It was so <laughs> fucking awful. I, I notice I just shook my head. I didn't say a fucking word. <laughs> it's like, you know, that's I mean, and really that is kind of the difference. Um Aaliyah. The only difference that I'll say, though, is that Aaliyah has been in developmental for a fucking decade, and she's still <laughs> behaving this way. That is no, true. Seriously, she still looks like she's 23, and she's actually 62. <laughs> so, hey, man, the older the berry, the sweeter the juice. <laughs> but she, you know, that's, I mean, the honest answer is that... I can't believe I fucking just said that. That's fucking disgusting. <laughs> right. Yeah, usually oh, that, that tang turns back into dry powder by that time. So. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I guess that is it for uh, in terms of uh, Raw and SmackDown leading up to uh, the Survivor Series. We'll see how that plays out hey, uh, next we're, week. Uh, we're on uh, WWE. Let's go to NXT. Yeah, let's, we are. We're, All right. Let's get that out, man. So, yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, well, we go right into it. What do you guys think about what you saw from 2.0 this past week? So I did something. Uh, I, I came across this. When you punch in results for 11.9 NXT, Bleacher Report had the um, 2016 results Ooh. for the same day. Ooh. So uh, you got on that card... This is five years ago. You got DIY versus the Authors of Pain, where the Authors of Pain beat Gargano and uh, Champa. Um, and again, for those of you who don't know who the Authors of Pain are, Pain are 
Um, <laughs> that just goes to show how quickly stuff is moving. Um, yeah. The next match was uh, Sanity versus TM61. And uh, I think both of those matches were both part of the uh, Dusty Rhodes Classic. Uh, so, and, and TM61 did defeat Sanity. Um, you got uh, Ember Moon versus uh, Rachel Evers. Now, this was cool. Here is the analysis. Now, DJ, you always ask me about Ember Moon and why I wasn't high into her. This was the analysis five years ago about her and NXT. The Ember Moon experiment has been fun to watch to this point, but a drastic change is needed and quickly. She needs to undergo some character development. Fans have to have a reason to care about the newcomer or any shot she has of becoming the great hope to dethrone Asuka is out the window. Window. With that said, her finisher remains one of the best in wrestling and her ability to take a beating generating sympathy and leaving fans uh, waiting for the comeback will serve her well going forward and serve her well. It did in those <laughs> goodbye papers. And then we have, so the, even uh, with that, you don't even, you, you still didn't see any character development when, when, as of this point before she left from when that article was being said. No, I could have read that as, has written two weeks ago about her. <laughs> Damn. So, All right. I got you. It just it never happened, man. And, and unfortunate, but it never happened. And then you had She was uh, riding on top of a tank at one point. Come on. It wasn't her fucking tank. I know. I know. Yeah. But she still was on it. <laughs> no, but, but I'm it, I'm just saying, like, it wasn't even her fucking tank. And yeah. and we'll go one step further with that. And that is now the person whose tank it was actually gets a character upgrade, and now she's fucking hot shit on SmackDown. It looks like she's going to be a pretty that, good heel. That so, wasn't the only upgrade that she got. I don't know, man. Twi- twice over. Twice over. Two times. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And that final segment was uh, a contract signing between Nakamura and Samoa Joe for the uh, NXT TakeOver uh, match. So, um, you know, and it... it Again, it's it's very different how things change and two hours are now the norm where it was only an hour back then and it wasn't uh, on TV. It was just on the network. So um, it's interesting because for all the complaining that people have about what's going on, et cetera, et cetera, out of that list, you had Champa Gargano Samoa Joe, who's injured, and Nakamura. And Nakamura is the only one on the main roster. So, you know, you got to take you got to take into consideration that there just is not all these spots for people to have. So um, with that said, NXT this week, um, Toxic Attraction, they uh, (laughs) I mean, they look good. They're very interesting. Um, you got EO, right? Kind of going on with them. Uh, you got uh, Casey Cananzaro and uh, that Ember Moon wannabe um, there. So, oh, Jesus. hey, man, it's Car- Carter, the same thing. 
You're going to look down the line. She's going to get released because there's no development to her. Um, So I I think right now you're just seeing some spot holding going on. Um, But the bigger question is, man, MSK, have they found the shaman? Who is it? What is happening? Like, what is the deal with MSK and the story, man? Because, like, you know, my stoned ass wants to know. (laughs) because <laughs> i know how struggling that that struggle is real man and when the shaman is supposed to be somewhere but he's somewhere else it just it sucks and then we don't have a bus ticket you gotta oh man it's 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 crazy it's crazy man <laughs> um and by the way uh sarai was defeated and she went back to japan this uh she just posted on uh twitter so um, it's not been explained exactly what's going on, but my guess is probably visa renewals, maybe something like that. Um, mm-hmm. But her whole explanation in the, the little tweet was um, that uh, she's going to uh, find herself because uh, she has not been living up to her own expectations. Yeah, pretty mm. decent. Um, okay. Uh, Gacy defeated Boa, and uh, I don't know. Does anyone think Boa is going to be around in a couple more weeks? <laughs> it don't seem like it. Bye. No. Um, yeah, man. Uh, the uh, <sighs> Raquel Gonzalez coming out in a bicycle is pretty fucking pretty cool. I think that the motorcycle is pretty awesome. Yeah, uh, a bicycle? bicycle. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> we'll go with what he calls it. Yeah, man. The pocket rocket, whatever. Uh, Hello. And uh, it's interesting that Cora Jade is kind of getting a maybe a little push here, uh, especially when her uh, man got uh, <laughs> got fired. <laughs> I love how right. they do that, like to fuck with the. <laughs> <laughs> no shit on there. <laughs> it's it's like it's like as if they sacrificed him so that she could have the push yeah <laughs> yeah exactly um and you know uh, when it when it comes down to it um again it, it's it's interesting where you have now you're kind of seeing where all this stuff is going. Uh, Carmela, Hay- Carmela Hayes is looking awesome. Mm-hmm. So um, definitely, I I really think that in the end, Carmelo Hayes probably, maybe even over uh, Braun Baker, Braun Breaker, um, he might be the next one to be the champ. Mm. Yeah. I mean, I can see there's a lot of, but um, yeah, I mean, overall, you know what, uh, when you're looking at stuff that's going on, uh, we're, we're in that middle ground of um, what exactly is it going to look like a couple of weeks from now. So, so guys, are we going to get any more, um, and I, and I know that you, and you probably don't know, or maybe you do. You know, y'all read more than I do in in terms of what's happening in the industry. But do you not think we're going to get any more? Uh, I guess no more takeovers, or at least any more like big pay per views from NXT. 
I know, huh? I just kind of missed that because that was kind of the one thing we were you kind of look forward to was watching that. And, I, and I'm thinking, like, I don't know if we're going to get that anymore. You know, I mean, we don't, we don't. But I, you know, you, 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 I did enjoy it. And I think you guys did, too. So, well, I, I, I was just going to say, I think that that's something that we saw when Triple H was running everything with NXT is right. he had a lot of emphasis and a lot of uh, a lot of push behind getting them their own marquee events. Um, now that but they, he's they were not successful. necessarily involved, mm-hmm. yeah. Now that he's not necessarily involved, I mean, right. we you said it yourself. You know, that's something that you used to look forward to, but that's something that we haven't seen since right. he has, you know, taken yeah. a step away. Yeah. Well, but but we're also we're kind of jumping in a little bit. Um, the last one was done at SummerSlam. You know, was the day after SummerSlam, right. so. Um, they just started the 2.0 thing, so we don't know. But one of the biggest factors that you got to take in consideration is that the um, the NXT takeovers were started in conjunction with WrestleMania, right? Right. Then they started branching it out. But what does that branch out mean? Travel. NXT is not travel. So if you're going to get any special like pay-per-views, it's just it, they they're probably just going to do it from the uh, performance center which would right. you know make sense um, sure you know keeping your costs down that's one of the things that you know successful on the next NXT level is not the same as the money that would go into producing that show so yeah all right man with well, good stuff we don't know. Uh, City, did you want to say anything at all about NXT? No biggie if um, you did. I just thought I didn't hear much, so I just want to make sure I got you. No, I, so I think that you guys hit hit the nail on the head. And unfortunately, I think that um, as, as we were talking about the TakeOver stuff, um, mm-hmm. I think one thing that we're almost forgetting about is they did, they did announce uh, War Games. So that is slated for December the 5th, which is a Sunday. Um, so, I mean, that's, that seems yeah, almost like a takeover to me, you know? Uh, yeah, so it is, so it, I mean, it, it's, it, yeah. the, the sad part is, is that, yeah, we, it, it basically would be a takeover, but we're not adding the emphasis to it. Um, and it's not at the forefront. Um, right. so yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I think that it, you know, we're still kind of putting the pieces where they need to be, um, with an XT 2.0. We'll see where everything shakes out. And the other thing, too, is that that might be the thing that they're going to do, too, is call it NXT War Games, call it NXT, you know, Halloween Havoc, that kind of stuff, right. and get rid of the idea the of takeover. the takeover takeover title. Yeah. All right, guys, good stuff. Impact Wrestling, how exciting. Things are still going on over there. Um, of course, after Bound for Glory, there have been several TV tapings that took over, and they're, they're, they've been playing out onto TV. So hopefully you got a chance to be, uh, keep it up, uh, as I have. Everything now is leading to Turning Point, which is going to happen this Saturday on Impact Plus. That's set. You're giving me a look. What happened? No, I'm just giving you a look because um, for those of us who, you know, we're here in Vegas, uh, you know, we, we kind of – we're at the TV tapings. Yeah. I, I forget that some of us just decided, you know, eh, I'm not a big enough fan to go to uh, the Impact TV tapings. 
<laughs> Boy, you could be an ass to a hoe. I tell you that, man. <laughs> Um, but anyway, um, yes, um, turning point is going to happen this Saturday and, um, it's going to be back here in Vegas, which is exciting at Sam's town. And, uh, hopefully if you are in town here in Vegas, you can, uh, attend the show. There are still some great seats available. There also will be the TV tapings as well. Now what happened that Sunday and Monday also. So, a uh, great time to attend some uh, some great shows. Now, what to look forward to Turning Point? Uh, this is not going to be uh, – well, this will be on Impacts Plus. And I think it also – I want to say I, I've been seeing advertisement on Fight TV uh, as well. Uh, um, so you have your options either way. Um, but this past week on the show, you got a chance to see um, – Trey Miguel, he didn't actually have a match, but he did have a confrontation with Steve Macklin. And uh, Macklin wants to get in on to this um, X Division championship title because right now it's, it's slated for Trey Miguel and the uh, Loretto Kid. So what's going to happen if you watch this coming week? You're going to see Steve Macklin and Loretto Kid fight. Now, if Steve wins, it becomes a three-way for the uh, X Division title. So we'll see where that go. I'm almost thinking Steve Macklin will win, but as of right now, you're going to have uh, Trey and Loretto there. What? What are you laughing at? I'm almost We thinking. know something. You oh, that's right. Know. Whatever. Okay, listen. Some people got to work you two, okay? Gosh. It's going to throw it all on me like I just didn't want to show up. I'm glad y'all oh. know the, the outcome, though, okay? Whatever. Be, be silent. We don't want to give it away. <laughs> Anyways, um, <laughs> um, you also going to have the uh, the inspiration of uh, versus decay for the tag team impact knockout tag team championship. So that should be really, really good there. Also, it Mickey was. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so man. You know what? One day I'm gonna have my control over the uh, over the control of mute and throw you out the chat room, and then uh, then I can have the show all to myself. <laughs> At least a segment. Uh, Mickey James versus Mercedes Martinez. Uh, you're gonna get a chance to see that uh, knockout championship as well. Uh, one thing I guess you guys did get a chance to see though. Um, from the match, you got a chance to see uh, Mercedes Martinez. Uh, fight Madison Rain, and that looked like that was really good. Uh, what I from what I've seen on TV, and again, I guess you guys, you guys were there, but that was a pretty good match. Seeing uh, both of them uh, go at it, so we'll see where, where, um, how this is going to come out for the uh, title for Turning Point coming up this weekend. One of the matches that was on this past show was the Bullet Club versus Finn Juice, and that was the number one contenders match to go against the uh, the Good Brothers. And, of course, the winner of that, <sighs> go ahead, Sin City. Who won? <laughs> the oh, Bullet that's, Club. That's that's the match that uh, we uh, we weren't around for. Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What, you went to night one tapings but not night two or something like that or vice versa? No, nachos. Oh, it was not. Good. Oh, damn. No, no, I'm, I'm just being I'm just being an insufferable prick and I'm not going to I'm not going to play your game. That's all that it is. 
whatever. Chris Bay, they did not leave out for nachos. They enjoyed the match, okay? And so... Uh, hey, at least we are there for the match. <laughs> whatever. Man, you know what? You go. I'm gonna. I'm attending all the shows this week now, and I want to see you guys there on each one of them. Well, you're gonna go. You're gonna go Sunday too. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Good luck. Yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> oh, that's right, huh? Can we? Uh, let's just record live there. How about that? Oh, we can. We can roll our camera. Sure. Yeah. I'm down. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, so uh, yeah, you're gonna get to see the Good Brothers in the Bullet Club for the World Tag Team Championship there, and of course on the show, we wanted to see who was going to go against Moose for that Impact Title. And uh, since City, stop laughing because when you laugh, it makes it seem like you're laughing at me, and I don't like to be laughed at. You know, I'm very I, sensitive. I, I I would never do such a thing. Okay. <laughs> um. Matt Cordona versus hey Matt Michaels Matt Cordona okay uh, versus Eddie okay. Edwards I don't know who what you're talking about <laughs> that's about right <laughs> versus W Morrissey uh, they have the number one contenders match uh, to to see who would face Moose for that Impact title and of course we got a chance to see the winner of that great match it was Eddie Edwards now. Guys, if you don't know this already, yes, Moose and Eddie Edwards, they will be going for the Impact World title for at the turning point. But we got a chance to interview Eddie Edwards and how exciting it would be. Now, normally you get wrestling talk on Monday's release. You're going to get it now on Tuesday because on Monday's release, you get to hear our interview with Eddie Edwards, and it's it's quite exciting. Uh, we were thrilled to, to finally be able to have a, a, a talk with him and discussion, and I, I think you're going to enjoy it. Make sure you tune in and, and hear uh, just a little bit more about Eddie Edwards. He's been in the business for a while, and um, if you're not familiar with that, he would definitely kind of give you some, some insight on his career, and I think you're going to really enjoy it. And then after that, you can prepare to watch him fight moves for that title later this week uh, weekend, and uh, we'll see what happens. So don't forget, uh, Eddie Edwards, you're going to hear Monday. Um, but, yeah, that's the way the card is looking right now for Turning Point. Uh, pretty good card. Uh, if, you, if you're not able to attend any of them, again, it is Impact Plus, which I, I want to say it's around $7.95 a month. You get access to not only the Turning Point uh, event shows, but also their library of so much of their content, and it's definitely worth it. Uh, so, yeah, that's pretty much uh, Impact Wrestling. I don't know if you guys want to add anything to that. I'll let you do that. If not, we're going to get prepared to go to New Japan. Anything excitement towards this weekend, guys? No, I'm excited. I'm going to be. Okay. I'm going to be at all of the all of the shows, including Sunday. Um, okay. Sorry. Um, <laughs> No, I, yeah. I, uh, I I took advantage of the uh, the three day the three day oh, uh, mm -hmm. pass, so sure. I will be there for all three shows, and uh, yeah, it, it's gonna be it's gonna be great. If it's anything like how things were the last time that they were here, um, I believe Turning Point itself is sold out, um, but I believe that the two the two TV tapings there are still a few tickets available. 
Um, but I didn't want to leave it to chance. So I just yeah. picked up the three day pack. Smart, smart. All right. Well, you good just, stuff. You just want to go titanium bowling with, uh, <laughs> with Rohit and, uh, some of the uh, crew, huh? Right. What if, what if I am? I know. Right. I'm just saying. I'll be the jealous one over here for sure. If you do. <laughs> yeah. Oh man. He's usually the only one who handles his balls when he's looking at impact wrestling. So oh, Jesus. Oh boy. All right. Get your minds out of the gutter assholes. <laughs> hey, it is yeah. bowling. It's gotta be a gutter mine. <laughs> yep. Good job. There you go. go. Yeah. All right, man. Sin City, what's been going on in the world of New Japan? Well, uh, so glad that you asked. Uh, New Japan uh, just had a really, really big event uh, on the 13th of November. It was the New Japan Battle in the Valley. Uh, So this show took place here in the States. Uh, Mm -hmm. Just a quick rundown of results. You had uh, Josh Alexander on the card uh, as he defeated Yuya Yuimura. I'm glad that you're not doing the readout of these names because you would absolutely <laughs> shit yourself. I would. Um, uh, Bateman and Mysterioso defeated Brody King and Chris Dickinson. Uh, unfortunately, okay. Chris Dickinson uh, had to be stretchered out of the arena. So, oh boy. Um, yeah, uh, T's and P's to uh, Chris Dickinson. Hopefully, everything is fine with him. Yeah. Um, Fred Rosser, David Finley, Rocky Romero, Alex Coglin, and Alex Zane. Defeated Filthy Tom Lawler, J.R. Kratos, Danny Limelight, Royce Isaacs, and Jarrell Nelson. Uh, Clark Connors and Carl Fredericks defeated Jeff Cobb and TJP. Uh, Will Ospreay defeated Ren Narita. Moose defeated Juice Juice Robinson. But that was not not all that came out of that match. As uh, Jonah Rock made his presence felt in a large way. Uh, laying out Moose and uh, also Juice Robinson and David Finley. So, uh, yeah, uh, Jonah Rock, the former Bronson Reed in NXT, is now Ah. a time member of the New Japan Pro Wrestling roster. Nice. uh, For all of you who had him going to New Japan on your your cards, Right. Uh, yeah, chalk that one up as you getting one right. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, and quite frankly, I can't wait to see him uh, get in there and you know tangle with guys like Jeff Cobb and uh, you know other hosses that they could very well be bringing in. It's going to be that a, is that a perfect show. move for him? I think so. Uh, mm-hmm. I think um, and that's that is one place uh, that I had him like a dream scenario for me to him to go to. Uh, yeah. Because I, th- I think that he would fit in extremely well with New Japan, uh, with what they're trying to do. Um, they're not exactly, they don't have a ton of uh, super heavyweight guys. Yeah. So I think that he could definitely fill that role. And uh, yeah, I-, I love what they're doing. They put him over strong as he, you know, laid out Moose um, and Finjuice. Yeah. Um, so very solid stuff. Um, elsewhere, you had uh, Kazuchika Okada defeating Buddy Matthews, the former Buddy mm. Murphy from WWE. Right. And um, the uh, after that match, you had Will Ospreay confronting Kazuchika Okada, and he laid out a challenge for Wrestle Kingdom Night 2. Ooh. So it looks like as if we're going to be getting uh, Okada, um, basically Okada, 
as we know, uh, he holds the the championship contract. Uh, so he will be uh, he will be facing um, whoever happens to be the IWGP World Champion at uh, Wrestle Kingdom in night one. So okay. uh, whoever uh, whoever comes out of that match victorious will have to deal with Will Osprey in night two of Wrestle Kingdom. So very solid gotcha. stuff there. And in your main event, you had uh, Tomohiro Ishii uh, defeating Jay White and retaining the Never Openweight Championship. So uh, very, very solid night of action uh, in, the, in the Valley at the San Jose Civic Center. Does uh, So when folks like Moose is on the card, do they actually have like their impact title that they walk down with too, or do they not really bring that to the New Japan shows? So the good thing is, is that um, I don't think that there's anything against it. Um, I, okay. I, I believe I, they have a good working relationship at this point. Um, right. And, and Moose wasn't the only, the only person that, you know, was a, an impact star on that show. Right. Uh, as yeah. I had mentioned, Josh Alexander was on there as well. Um, there were a couple of other names too, but yeah, it's uh, yeah. That, that door is wide open. So uh, the forbidden door is a great. And Josh, game. man, I tell you, he's still, this guy's still on. Oh, well, that bow for glory. I'm going to, I'm going to have nightmares on hey. that for some time. Hey. <laughs> Hey, go, hear me out. Hear me out. Yeah. Go out of your way to check out Josh Alexander versus Minoru Suzuki. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm telling you that because um, that that was one match that that we saw at the Impact tapings that was that was worth the price of admission itself, in my opinion. Sure. Oh. Yeah, and it's and it's airing, I believe, this week on Impact that TV. Is, but you didn't mention correct. it because you know you don't care dj about impact wrestling so of course i'm the only one who has access tv who actually watches it so i'll probably care more than you i'm just saying anyways when it comes down man we're ending our show local wrestling anything matt michaels we need to talk about that did happen or about to happen that we should uh give some props to or just wrestling well, in general well th this weekend uh Sin Bodhi had his uh, crew out uh, uh, with uh, the uh, the Taco and Tamale Fest. So last wow. week it was BVW at the Taco Fest, and now this weekend was Taco and Tamale Fests. Uh, so there were a number of uh, local guys uh, wrestling this past weekend. Mm -hmm. um, but um, some uh, big stuff uh, coming up with uh, No Escape for uh, FSW coming up on the 27th. Okay. Uh, version amusements. Um, so we're going to see uh, Graves go against Filthy Tom Lawler in a <laughs> um, in a um, blood sport uh, or a uh, you know uh, a NBK. shoot a shoot mix. Um, so it, it should be pretty brutal. That should be pretty freaking good. Right. Um, and then uh, your uh, your cage matches. I mean, you're looking at uh, not only Chris Bay versus Ice Williams and Remy Marcel versus Class. Uh, the first one was for the uh, No Limits Championship. The second one for the Nevada State title. Mm -hmm. uh, you're also going to have your number one contenders for the No Limits Championship in uh, a cage match. But uh, the big cage match 
uh, is going to be Hammerstone defending the championship against Brian Cage. So, mm, okay, that should be uh, interesting seeing uh, Brian Cage come back uh, and uh, try to reclaim an FSW championship, um, which uh, Brian also laid down the uh, gauntlet to Hangman Page after uh, full gear and uh, kind of uh, on social media reminded everyone that the only person to beat Adam Page and one-on-one competition this year is Brian Cage. So yeah, that's gonna be uh, that's gonna be great. Uh, and um, and in February, um, Mecca is returning, and uh, there's um, well, let's just say the uh, Doomsday is uh, coming, and uh, <laughs> TikTok. Everyone is on the clock, so <laughs> right, yeah, something big is about to happen here in Vegas. Uh-uh. Uh, yeah, I think Michael's, that's Mike. You're missing. You're missing one thing, one very big match. Uh oh, Van de Griff and Drake in a cage. Yeah, yeah, Van de Griff and Drake in a cage, absolutely. But see, the thing is, Steve, is that. Uh, there'll be more about that coming up uh, this week because Damian Drake is uh, going to have uh, some uh, some words to say uh, mm. with us uh, here coming up. Um, we'll be releasing some stuff that uh, Mr. Drake is going to be uh, uh, laying down this coming week. And, okay. Uh, yeah, give us a little insight into, uh, into that actual uh, matchup, which could be the match of the year that is awesome man some things to look forward to man thanks for that appreciate it hey we thank all of you guys for hanging out with us a special shout out to john and jade um we shout you guys out because you're the one that really kind of helps us keep us going uh especially financially and we thank you for what you're doing uh, uh with that if you out there want to Help us out in any way as possible as we continue to promote Vegas Bad Boys through our social media. You can do that, too. You can cash app us. It's just the money sign, Vegas Bad Boys. That's with a Z. And uh, anything you send, five bucks, 50, 100, your big ball in a thousand, we we take that. And again, we are using that to advertise our podcast just so everybody else can find us and enjoy us like you do. So we thank you for that. And shout out to everyone else, Chris, man. Definitely. We love you with you with us every week, man. Thank you for being there and just hanging out. And um, we look forward to, uh, to seeing you all the time. And for those who may not necessarily respond, but we know you're listening. We thank you and we appreciate you as well. Uh, So that's our wrestling talk for today. If you are watching us live. We'll be back in a moment for our three count topics. Very good topics uh, this evening. I think you will enjoy and want to have your input into. Uh, But if you're just listening to us, you can download this episode uh, for three count. It'll be available on Thursday. Okay. So uh, if you want to wait to Thursday, by all means, check it out Thursday, but we'll be live next with those topics. All right. So until then, we'll see you when we do. Take care. Peace. Vegas Bad Boys of Podcasting.